God, our Father, we come to you this morning, God. Lord, we thank you for all that we have heard up until this point. And God, all we say right now is, Lord, speak. I pray, God, that you would speak through me into the hearts and the ears of these who will listen. God, we thank you for your word. We realize that it's your word, Father. That's going to take us from earth to heaven, God. So help us and bless us. Forgive us, God. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. <clears throat> we thank you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. And thank God. <clears throat> well, once again, happy celebration day. Amen, amen. We come to celebrate. Amen. Come on, it's a little quiet here for a celebration. A little quiet. I, I think that you kind of like reserving some for the concert this afternoon, but but you can let go now. There's enough that God got enough for you. I mean, you know the goodness of God, right? Come on, if you know the goodness of God, you ought to be able to at least wave your hand or do something. Amen. If He's been good to you, you ought to be able to show it by doing something for the glory of God. Amen. 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 Listen here. We thank God for the reading of such a rich history. And, and, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm running a little late. I told them downstairs that we'd be down there by 1230. I don't think that's going to happen. I kind of reduced my, my sermon to a Christmas speech tonight. So without further ado, if you have your Bibles, if you would turn to the book of Colossians, which is our theme for this celebration. <clears throat> Colossians, the second chapter, we're going to read, <clears throat> starting at verse number one through verse number seven. And it reads, for I want to know what a great afflict, conflict I have for you of those in Laodicea. And for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh that their hearts may be encouraged, being knitted together in love and attaining to all riches of the full assurance of understanding the knowledge of the mysteries of God, both the Father and of Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, now this I say, lest anyone should deceive you with persuasive words. For though I am absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit. Rejoice to see your good order and steadfastness of your faith in Christ. And as you have therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. 
<clears throat> From this text, we would like to take forth a, a church rooted in faith. A church rooted in faith. Understand that root systems are essential to every living organ out there. The psalmist tells us in Psalm 1 that the blessed man is as a tree planted by the rivers of water. The reason it's planted by the rivers of water because water is a great source of nutrients for any church. Much in the same way in the life of the believer, our root system is in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus gives us everything that we need. And it comes through our root system, which is our faith in God. You cannot declare or say that you are a born-again believer, but you don't trust or have faith in the Almighty God. And if you have faith in God, then that means that you are the servant of God. And it comes into, in, 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 into contact with the same portion of our theme, a church rooted in faith, striving to reach the loss. Because that's our purpose as a church. Now understand that the foundation for this church here at the Macedonian Baptist Church was laid over 103 years ago by a man named F.D. Mills, whom God led to organize a church in the village of that time of Hamtramck, Michigan. And I didn't get a chance to personally meet or know F.D. Mills. He was gone before I came on the scene. But I did know Pastor J.A. Watson. And the one thing I knew about Pastor J.A. Watson is that Pastor J.A. Watson was a man of faith. It was Pastor J.A. Watson that began the building process for 5080 Belmont Street. And in the face of difficult times, in the face of people not giving like they should, he kept faithful to the mission to build that church. But understand this, because I, I, I remember it, because, because not only did he have faith, but Pastor J.A. Watson was a praying man. He understood that if I am able to accomplish this, I'm going to need the help of an almighty God. And understand, understand that, that, that everything that a church does is based and predicated on the type of leadership that you have. Because if you have a praying leader, you have a praying church. If you have a leader that's, that's able to trust God in every circumstance and situation, usually the congregation will fall in line and understand the value of having faith in God. You see, because faith in God makes you or brings you over some rough edges. It brings you over some, some, some pitfalls. It brings you over some difficult circumstances and situations. It's our faith in God. You see, because our faith in God, we're not moved by what we see. Understand that you're not only not moved by what you see, you're not even moved by what you feel. Because your feelings can change. God has not given, given us a spirit of fear unto bondage, 
but he's given us one of a power and of love and of a sound mind. So we remain faithful. And the reason why Pastor Watson could be faithful is because he experienced the faithfulness of God. Listen, listen, it's a good thing to know and to understand that even when we're not faithful to God, he's still faithful to us. Even when we mess up, even when, yes, we even sin, God is still faithful to us. So we don't, we don't, we don't need folk to beat us down and make us do this and do, do that. You ought to look at the faithfulness of God. You, you, you ought to be able to look back over your life and see how God has brought you through some stuff and got you out of some troubles. You ought to be able to look at that and say, God, you were faithful. I don't need you to tell my story for me. I can tell my own story. As a matter of fact, I get up every morning re rehearsing my story. Every morning reminding myself where God brought me from. And you have the same responsibility. I can't tell your story like you can do. What has the Lord done for you? I, I don't expect you to shout about what God did for me. I shout all by myself for what the Lord has done for me. Faithful man. Pastor F.D. Mills laid the foundation. Pastor J.A. Watson came and built on top of the foundation that had been laid. And then, after God had called him, Pastor J.A. Watson, from labor to reward. <clears throat> he brought in Pastor Charles D. Twyman, who went through, listen here, yeah, come on, let, let, come on now. Let me stop and take a minute right here, right now. We would not be in this right here, debt free, don't owe nobody nothing, able to be a blessing. Did you not know every year because of Charles D. Twyman, this church gives away $30,000 to charity every year. Don't you sleep on that. When you talk about going to the next level, because Pastor Watson did go to the next level. But I think Pastor Twyman skipped about three or four levels and took us to where we are today. Listen here. He made it possible for me to come in and do ministry from the ground, hitting the ground. When I hit the ground, I was able to do ministry. It was because of what he did. And he needs to be respected and honored for that. He needs to be recognized for that. Because he's a man that listened to what the Lord had to say. Do you, listen, do you not know, know there are a whole lot of preachers out there that don't care what God has to say? 
There's a whole lot of pastors that, that's running their own agenda. They don't even care. But listen, God uses faithful men. And that's what he did here at the Macedonia Baptist Church. So me standing before you as the fourth pastor of this church, I come on the backs of three great men that came before me. And I dare not try and take credit for any of this. Because God gave this to me. And I understand this awesome responsibility. It's difficult. But it's doable. And, and let, let, let me share this with you before, because I, I've had several people come up to me and say, you know, well, pastor, are you okay? Or, you know, are you, are, is everything all right with you? you know, listen, I'm good. <clears throat> I want you to know that. I have no health challenges. I am good. Let me tell you something. I am in a place right now that I trust God more now than I've ever in my entire life. I'm praying and down on bending knees more now than I've ever been in my entire life. And it's a good thing. As a matter of fact, it's a great thing. So, so in this text, this text is written by the Apostle Paul. And he's writing this text to this church at Coloss. Now understand that this church was a multifaceted church. It was primarily made up of pagan. A lot of pagan worship came from this area, from the city of Colossus. But it also had infused in it some Jewish communities, which created a, a, a cultural dilemma. They were plagued by philosophies and ideologies that were not consistent with the word of God. And understand that Paul writes this to the church at Colossus, having never even been there before. Paul did not found this church at Colossus. It was founded by Epaphras, who was a servant of the Lord. This is what it says about Epaphras. Epaphras was a servant of God. That's what it says. The other thing that it says about him is that he was a prayer warrior. But understand that he realized that the issues that Coloss was facing was far beyond his scope. He needed some apostolic authority to handle and to deal with this situation. And so after, after confronting these people, these Judaizers that had came in, these false teachers that had came in, Paul decided, I need to go to Rome. Where well, Paul now is, is, I mean, Epaphras goes to Rome, where well, Paul is in a Roman jail. This is a prison epistle. Paul writes this letter from under locked guards, and he writes to his church. No, 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 here's, here's the interesting part about this. Paul never pastored this church physically, but he steps in the position of a pastor and begins to minister to this church. Paul comes to correct some things and to straighten out some things. And understand that every great church has a great leader that knows how to correct things in love. Because that's what the text tells us. That Paul does it with love. And every church should be rooted and grounded 
in love. As a matter of fact, when you come through the door, you ought to feel the love that's in the church. When you come through the church, you, 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 you shouldn't be handed an offering envelope. Because, because offering is down on the list. It's really about love. It's about people. It's about people being saved and regenerated by the power of God. But a lot of times churches have lost their purpose. They got caught up in the things of this world. And that's the same thing that's happening here at the church at Coloss. They have allowed the world to infiltrate the church. They've come in with all of these ideologies and philosophies that are vain. They come with the traditions of men. Be careful about the traditions of men. Be careful about putting your faith in a man. I understand that man will lead you down the wrong road, whether it be intentional or unintentional. There are some men out there that had great intentions, but did a wrong thing. So you can't put your faith in men. Can't preach your faith in yourself. Don't, don't, don't put your faith in this government. But make sure that your faith is rooted and grounded in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because there is where you'll find nourishment for your soul. And understand, understand, understand that, 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 that he's writing this to a church. This is not a brick and mortar church because there were no brick and mortar churches back then. Hello, somebody. For all of you that think this building is a church, this is not the church. The church is made up of every individual here that has been blood washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the church. So, 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 so when we start talking about the church being rooted, really it's about the individuals in the church being rooted in faith. It, it, it's about making your calling and election sure. Can't nobody talk you out of being saved. Can't, can't, ain't nobody talk you out of understanding and realize that God has been good to us. I wish the devil would come and try and tell me something about my God. You can't tell me nothing about my God. You see, because I got a real and a right relationship with him based upon my faith in him. I have a full confidence in him. Listen, I'm at a place now, I mean, I, I really, I really, I'm crazy enough to believe God can do anything. I, 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 I'm just right there right now. There, 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 ain't, there ain't nothing that I won't ask God for that he won't do. It's according to his will. And God has done some amazing things. As a matter of fact, God has done some things for me that I didn't even ask for. God, 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 God did some things for me that I didn't expect him to do. And I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. I'm glad about it. So here he says, Paul writes, he said, I know the great conflict that you're going through. I know, I know the troubles and the problems that you're facing 
I know the situation. I know that there are some, 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 some Jewish people who are pushing the law and circumcision. I know that there's some pagan worship that is creeping in. But because of my love for you. Now, did, 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 did you get that? Paul has this love for these people that he's not met. This is what I'm trying to tell you. There's folk outside of here that you've never met, had never seen their faces before. You need to say have the same type of love for them that Paul had for the church at Colossus. Listen, it's not just the church at Colossus that has benefited from this text. This text is for us. It's for our learning. It's for our adherence. We, we need to adhere to what the word says here. Paul gives this demonstration. He said, and, he, and he says this, that he might be able to encourage their hearts. Verse 2, he says, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knitted together in love. And Paul is talking about a real love here, a genuine love. This is not just an emotional love that Paul is talking about here. This is a love that will make you do when you don't want to do. This is the type of love that will make you go when you don't feel like going. This is a love that will make you get up at 2 o'clock in the morning and go to the gas station and get a honey bun for your wife. That's the type of love I'm talking about. I'm, I'm talking about that real love. I'm talking about that sacrificial love. I'm talking about that love that goes beyond the ordinary. This, this, this is the love that Paul is talking about. He said that maybe attain all the richness of the full assurance and understanding to the knowledge of the mysteries of God. In other words, God's word is rich. There's a richness to God's word. There's a, there's a solution for every ailment that you have in the word of God. Again, again, we keep running to folk. You want to run to, to, to counselors, that's okay. If you got a therapist, that's okay. But understand that at the end of the day, it's all going to come back to the word of God for the believer it is. It's going to come back to God's word. How much of God's word are you really consuming on a daily basis as the church? You see, because that's where our faith is grown. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how, how shall I preach unless I be sent? Understand that I've been sent by God. To share with you what the word of God says to you. These, these are not my words. No, it's, it's not my agenda. It's the word of God. And it's powerful. It is the sword of God. It is a double-edged sword. It cuts both ways. And as I sit up, stand up here and, and, and preach to you, I've already preached to myself. It already cut me up. Y'all can't see it, but I got a whole lot of bandages all over me right now. Because God would have cut me. It's corrected me. It has shaped and molded me. 
to the point now that you ask me something, I, what does the word of God say? Because I understand that there is authority in the word of God. You, you, you can walk out of here on the preacher all you want to. But how dare you walk out on God? How, 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 how dare you not do what God requires of you? I, 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 I examine myself every day. See how much God, God have I pleased you today? Have, have I trusted you with everything today? Lord, Lord show me where I shortchanged you at. And then it's my responsibility to go God, I'm, and, and repent and ask God to forgive me. And that's what happens when you're rooted, when your faith is rooted. Because there is this conviction that comes over the believer when you're rooted in the word of God. You, you, you just can't do some of the stuff you used to do. Listen here, God even convicts you of the thoughts that you think. He begins to deal with you for the motives and the intentions that you do things with. Because God wants to cleanse us. That we might be a perfect example of what Christian life looks like. So here he says that if you're going to be rooted, it all begins with love. And then it begins with prayer. The study of God's word. The knowledge of God's word. Here Paul prepares them because Paul sees something that this church does not see. And the reality of it is, is that most times when things are creeping in the church, the people in the pews don't see it, but the pastor does. So there's some time that I will say some things or do some things you may not understand. You may not understand. But it's because I see some things that perhaps you don't see. And all I ask you to do is just trust that God is leading me. Because if I sacrifice anybody or anyone, it'll be me first. I'm not going to ask you to do anything that I'm not willing to do myself. This, 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 is, how, this is how we get to the next level. Understand that the bar has been set high. It has. But understand, it's not higher than what God can take us. Because I see God taking us to another level. But understand that with new levels come new devils. So, so, so you're going to be challenged when we go to the next level. There's going to be some challenges that we'll face. And that's why it's important that we are rooted in the word of God. Because, because being rooted will give us the stability that we need. Because you don't know what life's going to bring your way. So, so some stuff is way out of your and my control. There, there, there's a story of a tightrope walker that was very proficient in walking the tightrope. 
And oftentimes he would go to this gorge, which extended 200 feet across. And there was a tightrope there, and people would come from miles around to watch him walk this tightrope. All he had was the tightrope, his pole, and a rocky death if he failed. And as he was walking on the tightrope, cautiously, taking step by step, he got midway, and a gust of wind came and blew. The crowd began to gasp because they knew it was finished, he was, it was done. But he bowed down and he steadied himself, got back up, and began to walk again and take step after step after step after step until he got to the other side. When he got to the other side, they celebrated him. They clapped. The roar of the crowd was deafening because of this feat. Later on, when they were interviewing him, they said, how did you survive the wind gust? He said, well, I just had, I was focused on the other side. I kept walking because I knew that there was safety on the other side. And understand, that's what faith is like. You got to remain focused on the prize. You can't be disturbed by what's going on around you. You see, because there's nothing he could do about the wind. In other words, there's nothing you can do about the winds and the storms in your life. All you can do is remain focused. Take step after step. Don't try and rush it. Just keep on stepping. Keep on moving. Because there's safety on the other side. There's glory on the other side. I tell you, there is another side. You know that, right? And all of us are trying to get to the other side. At least I am. But it takes us being focused. Not being deterred by the naysayers. Not being deterred by those who are hating and don't want to see you. This is not, no, let me tell you something. The greater the anointing, the greater the haters. When God has anointed you to do something, and God has anointed all of us to do something, you need to realize because you are anointed, Satan going to come after you. Satan will attack you. That's why the text said that I glory in tribulation. Why? Because I know it's working something inside of me. Understand that this is an anointed church. Anointing's been on this church for a long time. And listen, I'm not saying that just because I grew up in this church. But I've had my share of spending time with other church folk from other churches. And sitting down with them for a few short minutes, I realized how blessed we are here at Macedonia Baptist Church. And understand that it's not because of us, but it's because of what God is doing through us and in us. If, 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 if we would just surrender everything to him, God wants to take us. He wants to march us forward. But it takes us getting ourselves ready. 
Why? Because Paul tells them here, there's going to be distractors. There's going to be people that are going to come to you and they're going to be lying to you. There's going to be deceivers. But don't, don't listen to them, Paul says. He says, let no one deceive you with persuasive words. I, I, I told you before, this is, this, is not a very, this is not a very entertaining church. I'm not an entertaining preacher. But what I will do is preach with the authority and the power of the Holy Ghost in his word. I will, I will do that for you. You see, because that's what we need to get us from earth to heaven. You see, you, you, you can come in. These guys can say it. They can rhyme. They can hoop. They can holler. They can spit at you. And you be falling out in the house. But, but what we need is we need something that's going to help us along the way. That's, that, that's my job. My job is to serve you, to help you along the way. My, 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 my job is to, is to share with you what God has shared with me. And there's going to be, there's going to be some tribulations. There's going to be some turbulence. But when you're rooted, it gives you stability. Not only does it give us nutrients, but it gives us stability. It, it, it keeps us from being tossed by every wind of doctrine that's out there. And if there's anything that I will protect in this church, it's you and the word of God. I have that responsibility. We will always adhere to sound biblical doctrine. There, there, there is no new word out there for you. I have no new word for you. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not trying to be profound. I, I, I don't need my name out there. All I want to be known as a servant of the Most High God. That's all I want to be known as. And I hope you are the same way. Because there's this spirit that's going through this church where pastors are now rock stars. They have entourage. They have bodyguards. But we'll stay true to the word of God. You see, because if I stay true to the word of God, I don't need a bodyguard. Because ain't nobody trying to get at that. Here he says, he says, he says, and he implores them and tells them that it is he, even though I'm not there with you, I still have this love, this compassion for you. I still want you to do great things. I want you to, 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 to rejoice and, and to have some joy and some peace. He said, the only way that you can do that is that, is that, is that you hold on to Christ. You have received the Lord Jesus Christ, so walk in it. You received him. Now let me see you back it up by how you walk. Yeah, I, I know, I know. You, 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 you saved, but how, how is your walk? What, what does your walk look like? I, I, I told you, you know, some of y'all don't want to invite those, those neighbors and those co-workers because you know you ain't been living right. You don't want them to come and bust your bubble. 
And that's why I, I tell you, you, you got to walk up right before the Lord. And it's not just walking up right before the Lord. You're walking up right because other folk are watching you. You think people don't know you're a Christian? <laughs> yeah, yeah some, of, some of them know what Christians should be doing more so than we know. You know, they, they, when, they, when they come in with it, you're supposed to be a Christian? Yeah, well, like you really know what a Christian really looks like. Well, some of them do. And we are to be an example for them. We are to live our lives that, 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 that they might want to want what we have. We need to be rooted in the faith in Christ Jesus and that they might be able to desire. Did you not know that the world don't want what looks like them? They want something that's different than what they are. And so as we are rooted in our faith, we are conformed into the image of Christ Jesus. That, that's what it really does for us. It matures us in Christ. It grows us up. In other words, it's time for the church to grow up. It's time for us to start living what we're preaching about. It's time for us to start walking like Christ calls us to walk. Far too many times we have affected people. You don't even know you've affected them. There, 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 there's some folks say, you know what, I will never go to church if that's what Christianity looks like. There, there, there's no excuse for any Christian to be mean-spirited. There's no excuse for that. Because when you're rooted in Christ, Christ takes all of that away from you. Can, 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 I, can I just be real with you? I believe that there's a lot of people that are in the church that have never been born again. You see, because when you're born again, you treat people like you want to be treated. When you're born again, you, you, you know how to take other people's wrong and absorb it and return good for it. When you've been saved and born again, you're not vengeful. You don't seek to get revenge. One of the greatest things that you can do is to suffer for the cause of Christ. As a believer, Folk have cussed you out. How do you respond? What's your response? I know I'm challenging you, but if we're going to go to the next level, this is what's necessary. Because I started last year in Bible study on teaching on Christian character. Our Christian character must be better in order for us to grow. So here he says, that we've been rooted, and not only have we rooted, but we're built up. Root is the foundation. The building up is going to the next level. This, this word for built up right here is a continuous building. We don't just get to a certain level and just stop it right there. God is always, always progressive. He's always building something in your life. 
been built up and established in the faith as you have been taught. This is teaching ministry here. Far too often we preach